Hi. Hello. Hello. How you doing? So good. Welcome back to the Wine About Birth podcast. We are three birth professionals and best friends. And we're here to talk about what it's really like to live in the world of birth. It's not all glitter and rainbows. Or as we like to say, it's a lot more shit than giggles. I'm Kim Haynes, midwife at a busy birth center and growing home birth practice. I'm Meredith Rao, also midwife with the same home birth practice. And I'm Jess McKee. I'm a doula for clients in and out of the hospital and a birth assistant with you guys at our growing home birth practice. Yeah. I was thinking about like how we normally start with like things we've been up to, you know? Yeah. And I was like, what have I been up to? Oh, well, our wedding. But that really does not go with the vibe of the episode today. it's fine. And I do think you should talk about how amazing it was. It was great. Kim and Jess co-officiated with a couple other friends and it was amazing. I guess you guys actually officiated and they like spoke, but it was really good. Can I tell you what happened at the campfire that morning? Yes. Wait, the morning before? Well, I kept trying. No, the morning of the wedding. Okay. So I kept trying to read what you wanted us to do, but I would get all Mm -hmm. teary cry. So I just gave up and I was like, (laughs) I'll figure it out on that day. So Jess and I were sitting at the campfire and Uh it said, talk about why you're awesome and why you mean so much to Meredith. And I was like, that's easy. Why didn't I just keep going? And I went to put my phone down and Jess goes, are you serious? And I was like, what? She goes, keep scrolling and so i did and <laughs> i was literally like, what the entire ceremony is just yeah. about how much i love you guys and i was like oh my god it's a whole ceremony and jess was she like goes, this is a lot it's three pages she, long you guys she's been talking about this for a year how did you not but also that? it was three pages long because i literally told you every Everything single thing do. you had to say so that was so easy we but just then, read it but then we read it but like we sat down and tried to plan it like four or five times that day and then like right before it actually started i was reading through it again and i was like i called alice and i was like guys i didn't notice this part no alice (laughs) alice and i were hanging out she's like do i need to go check with kim and jess i was like yeah for fuck's sake please go check in with kim and jess like right before it started i was like so me and kim are gonna say this but then this person is doing this i I didn't notice that before put your names with hyphens next to the things you're supposed to say so i should have color coded it listen i think i did actually a little bit you did color quote but then you know we had to decide who was going to say what and which and then you passed off the one job you had of improvising improving and saying what it is i love about you to me so then i had to improvise no no no, we didn't do that what it is i love Uh, about you guys didn't alice tell you you should do that yeah it was very valid it was way better that i got to talk i was like i'm not gonna talk about how great i am that feels weird (laughs) i loved it doing it so i'm glad that i took that on instead but it was, it was super awesome. magical um my favorite part was the next day when we were all hanging out by the swimming hole and yeah. your friend was showing the kids how to make rock creations mm-hmm. and towers and so there's just like all these rock towers and rows and it was, it was just really awesome. magic it really I was that there's like so many little pockets of joy in there that there i had anticipated like karaoke the morning after for the kids oh, yeah. <laughs> i missed that too i sent those videos <laughs> yeah yeah i saw um and then like all the face paint was really great especially like the random kids at the campground who are not part of our party they all showed <laughs> up to your wedding looking like <laughs> face paint gone wrong because they had slept in it and then it like 
melted. <laughs> it was amazing. We danced so late, and then there was the bonfire. It did was we, just so awesome. Did we campaign? You snuck um, off at 10 I danced until nights. 10, so suck it. That is late for me. And then we stayed up until 4. I danced a lot, and then I passed out in Meredith's lap around the fire. I passed out in your lap first, though. Oh, okay. And then you See, passed out See, I don't want to do that. I want to pass out in my bed. Mm-hmm. I don't oh. know. We got serenaded for like hours next to the fire. Oh. It was magic. It was oh, by Ashley, right? Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Oh, speaking of dancing and staying up late, do we want to share our plan? Oh, yeah. The yes. party Saturday. continues. We should do that. So I don't know if everybody remembers, but we officially started this podcast on October 16th of 2019. Wow. That's and nuts. that was that was the day that we officially released our first episode no we we released our first episode on that day that's crazy um so in order so we have learned our lesson because we did a live (laughs) show last year and it oh god that was was still one of my favorite things i am i am horribly embarrassed by that episode you don't remember it it's fine i don't Um, don't we still haven't released it we just tore it apart and gave people (laughs) tiny little snippets no i released parts of it yeah but so we're not gonna do that but we've decided we are going to have a hangout at the box office brewery any excuse to spend time together yeah we'll be there unless we get called to a birth in which case we'll let you guys know and it's also one of our favorite musicians that night so probably we'll get called to a birth yes so but if you guys want to come and hang out with us any of our patriot patrons patreons that show patrons. up <laughs> we will um buy you a beer yeah so and yeah it's like fancy beer too it's like bar craft office beer. beer and, <laughs> if, you, real and beer. if you don't drink beer and you want to hang out with us we will buy you like a tea or a soda mm-hmm. or a glass of water or a, a bag water. of 11 chips yes yeah. <laughs> come with your patreon <laughs> ticket you can choose one item <laughs> a side of french fries <laughs> <laughs> um they also have great collard greens <laughs> they do have really awesome oh man their menu greens. is freaking delicious yeah. yeah so come hang out with us um we will be there whether anyone shows up or not mm-hmm. um because jess lives there pre- pretty <laughs> much nowadays that's mm-hmm. that's my we'll home away kids, from home so just be ready for that also which means i'll probably singing and dancing yeah evie's lot. coming i'm gonna try to leave brock at home yeah so you can bring your kids as well it'll be it's a family friendly place. Um, so what are we talking about today? We might not be family friendly, but the place is. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Who likes families? I don't like families. <laughs> so Jim, take it away. Yeah. I, so we got an email um, a couple of weeks ago with this suggested topic. And instead of trying to explain, because when I did the um, the post just asking for like, hey, let's see how common this is or show people how common this is, I found it hard to put into words, but this person who wrote in sent the most amazing email. So I thought to start the episode off, we could read the email. Uh, we want to make it really clear that we're not bashing our partners for falling short show that it is common and to give maybe tips or advice for helping partners um, or even to help you know moms who are going through it to realize that it is kind of common and you know how we can work through it yeah it seems like from the things people wrote in like a lot of people like suffered in silence about their experience and I think the goal of this is to like share that it is a more common story than you think which Mm needs to be talked about more to hopefully if not prevent it in the future at least like help couples work through it and like as it's happening things always feel better when you're not alone in them 
Thank God Except for bed. You guys. I like being alone in bed sometimes because I can spread <laughs> out. Oh, I adore being alone in bed. Yeah, it's pretty magic. It's one of the best things ever. All right. So I'm going to read this email. I'm going to leave a couple things out and then we'll just kind of talk about the subject. So the email says, when I entered adulthood, something I now realize is a myth. So true. <laughs> so true. <laughs> I was it's very worse. <laughs> exactly. What is an adult? I was very career oriented and not interested in a family or settling down or even something serious. It took months of self-reflection to change course when I realized my profession alone was not making me happy. And I wanted to add to my life. I met my husband who very on made it very clear he wanted to be a husband and a father and was trying to meet someone who shared that vision. I appreciated his candor and valued that he knew what he wanted, which from my experience in dating was a rare trait. He demonstrated such a steady calmness that I felt safe with him. We fell in love quickly but deeply with eyes wide open. I'm so sweet. Sorry. Makes me want to sing that really obnoxious song. I'm feeling emotional today, so I'm just going to ignore it. That's a whole bunch. That's a whole different thing. Two months after our wedding, we found out that we were expecting our daughter. We both struggled to connect with a pregnancy that felt hypothetical. It didn't help in the height of COVID. Our options for celebration were limited. My husband had always wanted to be a father, so we were both surprised at how difficult he found it to bond with the baby. I was unsurprised by my own difficulty connecting since being a mom was a relatively new concept in my life and watching my body change with no control over it was hard for me. The night of my due date, I went to bed and when I woke up, I felt like I was greeted by an entirely different person. He had fallen apart on me in a moment that I needed him the most. He was difficult, nasty, straight up illogical, felt like a storm cloud wandering around the house. He angered easily and was not subject to reason. To make matters worse, I had family visiting at the time and I couldn't help but feeling embarrassed and apologetic for his new behavior. At past 40 weeks, I was trying to maintain my sanity and take care my unf- my bleh, and take care my unfamiliar unstable husband. It was like trying to catch rain with a pasta strainer. Is that not a yeah, great, that's a like, great analogy? I like that analogy. I love that analogy. That week felt like it would last forever. I didn't make it to 41 weeks. And it completely rocked my marriage. I reached out to friends and family in desperate search for camaraderie. Is this normal? Do I have a bad marriage? Am I a bad wife? Will this ever be the same? I had a range of reactions. Stories that ranged from hurtful and frantic to routine and mildly comical. At the birth, he stayed by my side loyally, cried when she emerged and held her tiny body to his chest. Even though I could tell he was still wrapped up in his own turmoil. In the following weeks, he slowly returned to his old self, and we began to rebuild as he settled into fatherhood and I into motherhood. I wish I could tell you we were as good as new, but the truth is, I feel like we forged a completely new marriage out of the wreckage. I'm still adjusting to it and processing the breakdown and learning how to heal the both of us. To this day, I'm conflicted by the knowledge that he was suffering just as much as I was. He deserves my sympathy and understanding and also the betrayal of expectations that he would be the one supporting me. There will be a day, forever is a long time, when I need his grace in the midst of my own breakdown, and I am far from a perfect person. I don't take my vows lightly. That's what? a lot. It was yeah. like, oh. So powerful. I have goosebumps. Like when I read this email, like first off, you should be a writer because yeah. <laughs> So I'm going to save that and read that when I'm having a rough time sometimes. Yes. In my marriage. But it just like, it hit me so, it was so familiar. It yeah. was so familiar. It's been so long. I mean, our first kid that we had together is 
16. Yeah. But when I was reading this, I started having flashbacks. And when I found out I was pregnant with Oz, we lived with his, with my cousin, like my cousin lived with me. They had a little business together. It was awesome. But he just acted like it just, they just regress. Like they just regress into, but you've been taking care of me for all this time. What do you mean you need me to take care of you? It's like, it was a concept that Chuck was not getting and he wasn't being mean on purpose. Yeah. It's just me. It's like a big shift. Yeah. It was like me suddenly needing to sleep. Like I felt guilty taking a nap. Like, what do you mean you're tired? Like, what are you doing? What do you do? What have you done? Like, what have you done all day? And I'm like, I'm growing a I'm baby. I'm just dating. That's enough. <laughs> so any, so when I saw this, when I read this email, I was just like, yes. Like if I can feel this strongly and have flashbacks for, it was horrible. And, and it didn't get better until I started voicing what I needed. And it took me several pregnancies to do so. So mm-hmm. our hope today is to say, Hey, you know, you guys that are pregnant you should have this conversation before it happens and I think that it's hard if you don't have an expectation of how big of a shift like I remember before I got pregnant the first time like I was like a tiny child myself just like running around with my friends in fields and drinking alcohol and like living like a little like fairy sprite and then it's like all of a sudden I was going to say, not too much has changed. No, not, I mean, it had for a while, but now <laughs> I'm, re- come full now circle. I'm, I've come full circle back to that now that my kids are older, but it was like, it's hard to prepare yourself. Cause it's just like, it, it doesn't seem real. We're like, Oh, let's have a baby. And then it's just that like, sounds fun. let's have sex and make a baby. And then it's like to, to con- the conceptualizing of how much your life changes when that happens and it's like it's i don't think there's like you can prepare for it you there's cannot only so much you can do no. there's so, only so much and it affects um, men and women differently um, and there's things that'll like trigger you that you have no expectation of having a problem with like when i hear that story i think about like how much grace we give our moms on on their due date right like yeah we tell them like go do something fun like go take care of yourself that day try to turn off your brain to the fact that it's your due date because like that's like a really hard milestone to hit for people mm-hmm. and like obviously that might have been the case with this partner as well. Like for whatever reason, they hit that milestone and he had a really hard time with it. And so yeah, and it I can have, just be really random shit that hits you and you don't have any idea it's coming. I've yeah. had a lot of partners say, well, at least we know it'll be by next week. And I'm like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. Did mm-hmm. I fail to do my job yep. in education? No, it like, matter, sometimes it doesn't matter how many times you say it. Yeah. They just cannot wrap their brain. Yeah. Did I tell like you guys? Control thing. Like once that control, like window of control passes, it's like you kind of get the reality check of like, holy shit. We yeah, have no idea. This is not. We do we not are, have any control no in childbearing and parenting. Did I tell you guys how we ended up with kids in the first place? Well, probably. I mean, I've seen your husband. I know why that. it happened. But I, we had thought because we each got, we had got married with children that we did not want kids, more kids. We yeah. were just gonna in, like it, that that's worked it. out well. That well, I was gonna say also, it's hard to imagine you guys. Yes, with no kids, children. forget it. Like it would not. So. I decided as my biological clock, as they say, started ticking, I wanted a baby one. And so I was like, how do I broach like breach broach? I I think it's broach broach. I said it right. This subject when we had thoroughly agreed that this would never happen. So I got him drunk as all get out (laughs) 
at the Strasbourg Inn. Oh my! God. And I was like, "Hello, oh, we're drunk. I have an idea." And he was like, oh, "I love ideas." And I was like, <laughs> "We should have a baby." And he was like, "I think that's an awesome idea." <laughs> and I was like, "Sweet. I am not going to take my birth control tonight." And he was like, "I support that." <laughs> and then we had four in a row. And then did you get pregnant stopped. the first night of no, not taking your birth control? No, 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 no. I stopped taking my birth control and it took me three months. And I yeah. will tell you what, I acted like the world was ending. By month two, by month two, I was like, oh my God, I can't get pregnant. I'm being punished for all the years of drugs that I have done. Like, it's never going to happen. It took me three months, but still. I was about to say prescription drugs. Obviously, I realized that was a way worse. No, yeah, not say. prescription. So then he was getting upset because I just kept having sex with him. And he was like, this is becoming a chore. He is a baby yes. machine. Wait, I don't he, wait, your husband. I wonder what that's becoming I a wonder chore. what that feels like. Yeah, yeah, he said it felt like it was becoming a chore. So huh. it's funny that fast forward 15 years later, I was like, this is becoming a chore. He was like, fuck you. And I'm like, you, you said it to me. <laughs> Isn't it weird? The like ups and downs and like ins and outs of all this emotion emotional stuff that we're going through but Non-stop. i still stop yeah and it's like you can feel one way one day so first you're crying and it's because, like really valid yeah first you're crying because it's been two months and you're not pregnant and then you get pregnant and it's like and you're crying i can't drink a beer yes like, yes what I was is like, happening to my life i said you're obviously not gonna drink right and he was like you're fucking crazy why would i do that do you want to read i thought we could read so that's was the that's trigger. one example of a of a of a couple that now I took care of them and I know they communicate really well. Yeah. So communication I think is is really helping them. But I would like to read just two short emails that that may or may not end well, just so that we can see those and then maybe we can yeah. go on to some of the social media stuff while adding some stuff in. My husband was disgusted by the whole idea and the physical appearance of pregnancy. He didn't really touch me throughout. Then when I went into labor, he did hang in there and stay up overnight and dueling me with counter pressure and making me drink. When I first read that, I was making me drink what? Alcohol? <laughs> water. Take more water. beer. Parentheses, all in silence. But he came down with flu or something along the way and was pale and faint and had the midwives trying to give him an IV too. Stop. Chuck got the flu when I was in... in labor with evie but he's stuck in there i was gonna say i had a client oh, yeah. who had a slip disc he had a slip oh, disc no. and he just had an ice pack strapped to his lower back that he uh, wore the entire time it was in a full squat doing back pressure yeah the guess what time. it's not about you That's mm-hmm. not in that moment i was just trying to think of how kind those midwives was but i've been like wow you're gonna go lay on the floor over there and i'll deal with you later <laughs> sir <laughs> sir good sir i bid you adieu <laughs> i bite my thumb at you sir <laughs> So whenever the topic of my amazing natural birth, despite a bunch of complications, comes up, instead of him validating me, he turns it back to him and says, oh, I was sick with the flu through all that. And it was disgusting. Mm. That thing's not to say about your partner's birth ever. We also, this is going to be a helpful episode. And this is a very, very clear uh, example of things not to say. No matter what. No matter matter what what body fluid you see, it was all beautiful and amazing and empowering. It's the most beautiful shit you've ever seen. (laughs) Seriously, ever. (laughs) It smells like daisies. It's fine. 
<laughs> or if you're a really good man, you claim it as your own. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm so sorry. I keep pooping in the pool. <laughs> <laughs> Dropped another log. <laughs> Don't know Damn. why this keeps happening. <laughs> <laughs> then makes jokes about birth, about birth soup and moves a couple times. <sighs> nope. I'm not going to comment. Keep going. I don't think I've heard him big me up about how much strength and willpower it took for me ever. Most certainly will never tell me it was I or it was beautiful or thanks for doing that for our kid or giving him a kid, etc. So it's a big trigger when I am in the presence of beautiful, emotional new dads who can't stop gushing about their powerful partners. Y'all think I'm tearful about the birth moment unfolding in front of me? No, I'm still hurting about my birth. Oh my God. Uh, uh, So like this is her daughter is like 12 or 13 she didn't have any more after that i can see why like this Mm. is things that you say and do for your partners will just they last forever yeah especially things affecting like her her professional life also yeah especially things surrounding an event as intimate and hard to do as birth like our births affect us for the rest of our lives like and even people like us, like we approach things with a sense of humor. Like I know I do, but yeah, there's a line. But there's also, yeah, but there's also like, if you want to make a sarcastic joke about birth being like gross or something, at least also give the opposite side of it yeah. because we can talk about something being gross or it really we do, is we do more shit. All the time on this podcast. Yeah. More shit than giggles. How you had a piece of. <laughs> shit corn in your glove but then it's also like god it's so beautiful and amazing and empowering and these women are so strong so it's like you have to have the opposite side of it too and like give validation to i mean she went through so much to bring her baby into the world their baby into the world and and she is amazing and glorious and spectacular so yeah and it's like yeah like think of the criticism sandwich that we've talked about like compliment criticism compliment exactly you worked so hard while you were mooing like a cow to relentlessly birth my child into this world you you amazing bitch you powerful that was a beautiful compliment sandwich (laughs) it was while you stewed around in birth soup yeah (laughs) that you made with your strong body yeah so amazing This is kind of fun, actually. You can say anything you want in a compliment sandwich. Anything at all. Anything you want. Anything. For example, you are so hot in that outfit. I can't believe I'm asking for a divorce, but I appreciate (laughs) that you're going to help me through this. See? You can even divorce someone with a compliment sandwich. I think it would have to be, but I appreciate that you're strong enough to help me. There you go. (laughs) Perfect. Thank you for that good advice. And that is free, you guys. I don't think I'm going to take it. We'll have to work on your sandwich a little bit. Let's, let's sandwich. <laughs> Filling is going to be. A also, I have to post that picture that we got of me, you and Chuck so that I could be like, this is why the rumors won't stop. <laughs> the one of so, his overalls? No, the no. one of us kissing and Jess is leaning yeah, like so in our face. <laughs> when we were at the wedding, they were next to the fire and Kim goes, ooh, ooh, take a picture of us kissing in front of the fire. It'll be so romantic. So romantic. And I had been sitting on the log and I like scooted away in the first shot and then in the second <laughs> shot they went to take, I just like scooted right next to her and like put my face right in hers. Like, it was like the dog that like <laughs> staring at them. Put their nose it's to like your that, ass. It's like that episode of Broad City where um, Alana's making out with her boyfriend but she's like trying to grab Abby's ass yes. at the same time. Yes. She's just like rolling away. <laughs> so funny. 
<laughs> All right, there's one more. Do you want to read the? Sure. I really like how you're just like directing this yeah. episode. I'm all I'm all in it. Yeah, I was. I love how I never direct episodes because I'm so invested, but I don't want to direct at all. It's fine. I'm, just I just want to repeat like that. The point of this is not to like bash partners, but it's to show how much this happens. So that I mean, and this could be a conversation that couples have before they even get pregnant so that they can know that it's like a, a real thing, thing that is a real mm-hmm. thing that happens. Is this a good time for me to just briefly touch on the whole general? Sure. You're Go in charge of this episode. So I, lo- I don't like being in charge, in. But, but I'm feeling <laughs> you like came in here like, like a fucking wreck and bobbing. Like I got this episode. I mean, guys. I've had five kids. Like <laughs> don't get me started on Dan. And cr- that's Chris's dad because we were teenagers when that happened and he went off to college and I was like, Wow, this is the opposite of help. Thanks. <laughs> this is how I always saw my life going. Yeah, we get along just fine, but I'm just saying it was not easy. Are you salty? <laughs> a little. He got to go to college while I was at home looking like a beach ball with legs walking through high school. That's cool. <laughs> you were the cutest beach ball with legs was I've ever not. seen. I had braces. I know. You were <laughs> so dorky. I was so unattractive. Our teeth aren't big enough as it is. Let's put big metal signs on them being like, hello world. So unfortunate. And they didn't make cool pregnancy clothes back then. They only made moo-moo like I'm just like imagining you in like um, Abercrombie and Fitch. No, that's not what I wore. (laughs) I wore white shorts with big giant snowflake t-shirts because they literally did not make anything cute for pregnant people back then. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Anyway, so I just want to point out like, and this was especially, and I know it's different in some areas of the country or for some families, but we live in the Shen Valley. Yep. Like here. Shenandoah Valley. Shenandoah Valley. And, and some a, nice little pockets, but it's a fairly conservative valley. It's fairly conservative. And so gender norms are the norm. You know, like women do this and men do that. And it's just the way it goes in this area. It was the same for my parents. Um, and we were from New Jersey, but it's still like. And in my 40s, this is how we grew up. And and I, you know, reading about things like that, it's not just about gender roles. It's about each particular couple. Um, I listen to a lot of podcasts about this, act- actually, about how when two people become a couple, they each bring in their idea of what gender roles mm-hmm. right. are to yes. the relationship. Right. And um, sometimes their partners don't even realize that they brought that gender role into it. It's just something that they think is supposed to happen and it can cause a lot of disagreement. So it's happening on both like a macro society level, but then also like on a micro level within your relationship. Are like, I mean, we only see our immediate surroundings. I mean, we're innately selfish creatures. Like we know what is normal. So then when you're experienced, what is normal for us, for what is us. So then in your mind, anything else is different anyway. Um, my husband grew up with, I mean, men did nothing and I mean nothing and women did all of it. Everything for them. And this is his family, like his mom and his mom also worked while taking care of the kids. His dad was never, never did anything for them. So in his mind, that was normal and he knew he wasn't going to take it to that level, but 
there was a time where he, I was at home with four kids and he was working and it was, I'm not going to lie. I am not meant to be an at-home mom. And I know everyone's like, well, then you shouldn't have had kids. And it's not that I didn't enjoy it. It's just my family's not here. So if I had my family, I was going to say there's like isolation but, so big when yes, it comes to I was, your well-being as a parent. But that's also a societal pressure we put on ourselves and maybe that the pocket of society we live in puts on ourselves that if you don't feel like you want to be a stay-at-home mom, you shouldn't be a mom. And that's that's just an Why expectation. Can't there be another way? Yeah, that it's not that that's true. It's just right. that we that's what we have told ourselves. Exactly. And and it's hard because we also for me, I am a a woman who will I tend to shoulder everything. Like I can do it. I can do it all. I can do it all. But those until few, you freak out. Until I freak out. I know I can't do anything. Now I'm just like a walking freak out. But <laughs> you still function in it. Though. I still fine. I function in chaos. <laughs> but the first three years after Brock was born was nothing less than hell. I was at home with them all the time, and I had started my practice, and Chuck was still working, and he just in his mind. He was going to work and then he still wanted to go hunting or fishing. And I was just upset all the time because I was exhausted and I yelled at him or I did something. And he went to his mother, his mother to complain that why does he not get to go fishing and why don't I make dinner every day? Because he remembers his mother doing that and he came home and that's fine. He, she's your mother. You go vent to her. But he made the mistake of sharing the vent with me, which is the part you're not supposed to do. And she had agreed with him. (laughs) And I was infuriated because I wanted to just, and I did. I'm like, how happy was your mother shouldering all of that? Like, was she happy cooking all of the meals? And was she happy doing all of the things? And was she happy? Might not even been a question that that was ever asked. No, it wasn't ever asked. And so that is just that was the norm back then for us and Chuck and I because we don't talk things through we're both aggressive very passionate in the moment people but lately over the last few years we've had a lot of discussion and we're realizing like we don't want our kids to suffer through parenting and life and pregnancy so we are trying to teach them like you know now he's the at-home parent and that's okay but gender roles are a huge I don't know yeah and they're they're so deep-seated And a lot of it, it's like you don't even realize your psychology when that's happening. You just know that something doesn't feel right. Right. And I mean, a lot of us, when we go into our childbearing years, we're still in our like, you know, 20s and we're not very emotionally intelligent. We don't realize everything that's happening. Sometimes that has nothing to do with your age. No, it doesn't. But I feel like people become more emotionally intelligent with time. Some people, some people become less emotionally intelligent. So then why is it that people in their thirties, when they're having their first baby, I am terrified for them because that partner is going to have the worst time of it because for it, it up into the thirties, yeah, so both of them have only taken care of yeah. themselves. And we also are, and it is true, our brains are more flexible and are still learning in our teens and 20s, like what is normal and what our lives are going to be like. But if you get all the way into your 30s and your life has been a certain way, we're like, this is what my life is like now. And then you get pregnant and your kids are like, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> that's not true. I feel like and I should. Huge. Oh, it's a whole thing yeah. in itself. I just want to throw in real quick that I love Chuck's mom to death and he's in love yeah, with what he say, calls his mama. I yeah, love my mama. So love, it's, I'm not saying there was anything She's wrong the with that. Best. That's just and the norm. I also Everybody's love, got hiccups in I, their relationships with their significant others. Yes. And I also love 
every time she cooks for any function Mm -hmm. that we go to because it's effing delicious. I know. Mm -hmm. She is good at that. Listen, he also used to say, if I wanted good food, I'd go to my mama's house. And I'm like, that is also not something that you say to somebody. Anyway. Also, that voice was (laughs) not Chuck's voice at all. No, it was. No, that was me. Oh. Me yelling at him. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, read... Well, I think that what we should do actually is we should go to our break and then when we come back, I will start with this email and we can talk about some like actual solutions. Yeah. Right. I also want to read some of the funny comments that we got online. Good idea. We can do that. Let's go. And I work. have an awesome birth story to tell. Woohoo. Cue the music. <laughs> oh yeah. So the sponsor for today's podcast is once again our Patreon account. So what do you get for being one of our patrons? So today, we recorded some behind-the-scenes footage of us recording our podcast. Probably will get more than you could ever want from us, honestly. (laughs) Sometimes we do weird, crazy dance videos. Sometimes we roll in the snow in our bathing suits, because why not? Yeah, so basically the point of this is, is that we would love to have you as a patron of our podcast if you become a patron there are three different levels of monetary support and each level gives you different perks um so yeah check out our patreon account it's www.patreon.com slash wine about birth and we would love to have you on the wine about birth patreon team cheers cheers welcome back from that delightful break i really enjoyed watching kim with noodles hanging out of her mouth (laughs) Oh, that chow mein fun. It's that's your not right. a real word. And all the good places. <laughs> that's a, that's like the second time I think we'll release an episode where that's what we're eating also. It is. <laughs> it's becoming a pattern. I think the last episode we released, we that's what we were eating as well. Or that's what I was eating. Um, okay. So um, to start this second half off on a less than positive note, we are going to read an email we got that did not end uh, with beautiful communication and building a new marriage out of the ashes like a phoenix. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to read this one. Um, so she said, It's n- no secret that I had a very strained marriage to start, but adding children seemed to make the strain even worse, which I feel like that happens. I mean, people think that children fix a marriage. That's Do they think not that? True. I think a lot of people make the choice hoping that's the case. Oh, that's just that's interesting choice. So she said <laughs> in 2008, I suffered a miscarriage before I was even married. I cried and cried over the loss. I wanted more than anything to be a mother, but my then fiance did not understand, and I started to see a slow shift in his character. And I want to talk a little bit about like how we can see these shifts or these red flags. But a lot of times when we're like invested into a situation, it's very easy to be like, oh, this will change or this is not going to be this way forever. This is temporary. And it doesn't always have to be that way forever. But it's always a good thing to work through, try Mm -hmm. and work through those things and communicate about them instead of doing what I do and ignoring and hoping they go away. Yeah. <laughs> she and also, did. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, you go. I was going to just say, like, I think we try to say at the beginning of this episode, it's not like meant to be a bashing episode. Right. So I feel like, and I know the rest of the story, so I'm not defending in any way, shape or form, but I also want to say like, I can't imagine like what miscarriage must be like for partners because I feel like it's hard enough for like women or like women, like 
people who lose and have miscarriages to talk about loss. Like I feel like it's becoming more normative, but it's still like a really hard conversation. So especially for men who experience loss, I can't imagine how hard that must be because I don't really know any support systems for men who experience loss. Right. That could be an interesting episode. We could have another men's episode for their experience of loss. If we could find men who would be willing to do that. Yeah. I think that would be great. Yeah. Um, Okay. So fast forward to 2011 and the birth of our daughter. In the months leading up to her birth, I noticed a big shift in my husband. He became withdrawn, less happy, and all around a less helpful partner. I chalked it up to the shift in my focus. Instead of him being the center of my attention, I focused my efforts on having a healthy pregnancy and becoming the best mother I could be. Which is what we're supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. It's a really big juggling act like we always talk about. It only got worse from there. Not much changed, and after having a C-section, I pushed for a home birth with my second child in 2013. At this time, we were living with his mother and father. It was a less than ideal situation for us all, but I persisted and he became further withdrawn. Suddenly, in my time of need, the person I had loved became less of the person I had known and more withdrawn and aloof. Even my midwife remarked several times about her concern about my lack of support, I again let it roll off my shoulders, thinking it was a problem, but one we could overcome. This happened three more times. Again in 2015 with the birth of our son. I even have photos to prove just how withdrawn he actually was from the situation. While I was being induced, he was sitting on the sofa reading a book while my midwife and doula slash photographer supported me. And again in 2018, the same thing happened. It took years, all caps, for me to realize it wasn't me. He couldn't handle the idea of not being the center of attention, and he could not handle the duties of becoming a parent. It strained our marriage, and eventually it resulted in the demise of our marriage a little over 18 months after the birth of our youngest child. Sometimes your spouse will snap out of it and become the amazing, loving, and supporting partner you knew they could be. Sometimes they don't. I had to learn the hard way that some people just don't walk away from their funk. It made me a better mom and a better woman for it, though I learned how I could find my inner strength, and I've even come to the point where I've forgiven him for that behavior. I do still struggle with the emotional abuse that I suffered from the situation, though. I've had a lot of therapy up to the point to understand that some of his behavior triggered an abuse response in his brain, a pattern that had been there for generations, but one I'm determined to break with our children. There's That's a lot in there. Also a lot. It's a lot to unpack in there. Yeah, and I when when I responded to this email, she responded back and just said, you know, that it's a hard thing to share, but being able to share some triggers that people can or flags that people can recognize, mm-hmm. like I think it's key what she said, like it wasn't her. Right. Like we can't control how other people are going to handle a situation and if they're not going to get help or whatever they need to go through what they're going through then they're not going to be able to help us you know and sometimes we try and take that on our shoulders like like what you were talking about i'll just do everything i'll give him all the attention and i will also be working on becoming a good mom and growing this baby and not napping and cooking all the dinners and that can only be kept up for so long too before we break Mm -hmm. also like as i was listening to that I was, I know how we always joke that we wish like parents could take a parenting class. Like I also wish like counseling (laughs) and therapy was required for like new parents or even just like expecting parents because I feel like that, that paradigm shift or like 
that self-identity shift that occurs when you become a parent is so drastic that like some people like own it right away. Some people take a really long time and some people might never own it. And it's just like, I wish that there were more conversations about that. And then you add like generational trauma into it. And it's just like that. I don't know why we don't have mandatory counseling for new parents. Honestly. (laughs) Do you remember when you first started dating Terrence, like several years ago, Uh I was like, you were like, is this guy Terrence? Terrence. And I was like, Oh my God, does he want to vaccinate? What does he think about circumcision? What about this? And you were like, Oh my God, we're just dating. And I'm like, so what? Do you think circumcision came up very early? Like (laughs) what is wrong with it? I just think it's totally valid. It's really important. Yeah. To talk about these things before you decide Chuck and I talk, about nothing and Mm -hmm. we couldn't have been approaching parenthood as differently as we were in the beginning like it took us 21 years to figure out how to be closer but not the same so you know it's fine to have these conversations it's not weird yeah no it's totally normal it's super important i think a lot of people don't because it's scary it's scary because it's like what if you have this monumental difference and you're having all these like feelings then what do you do with that you know so it's easier tuck it down jess (laughs) (laughs) you stuff it down into the hole or you say we'll come back to it when we are pregnant and then fuck (laughs) dang it oh you want to circumcise male and female children (sighs) oh Oh, that's a deal breaker. That's a deal breaker. So we had a couple funny like comments online too, where one said, ha, I could have murdered B. She shortened his name the first two weeks. I'm still amazed. Some days I let him live then. (laughs) (laughs) There was another mention of murder and another comment. Also, all of these have like smiley laughing faces also, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, go ahead. Oh, it just says just the other night I could have murdered. Do we want to start? that it was like 3 a.m. when I started sobbing out of pure exhaustion he snapped out of it and ended up catering to both of us the rest of the night and all day before going to work all night I wish that Terrence would start catering to me every time I start sobbing out of pure exhaustion because <laughs> that happens in. all the time. Actually, it's not pure exhaustion. It's just emotional. But that's really. what, like, <laughs> how many times have I yelled, why do I have to have a complete breakdown for you to realize I'm breaking out? Like, yeah. we just... Ah, <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's i don't know why does it have to be that way <laughs> i don't but, know and i think that the interesting thing I think is because we come across as so capable i think that the interesting thing is is that all of these women did put like smiley faces and like laugh out loud yeah. after their comments but i think that goes to show that it's almost like you're downplaying it because in that moment there was nothing yeah. happy. Like no. it was not this. That's like a real thing. But it's almost like, ha ha ha! I felt that way well, too. Ha-ha. I think they're just doing what we do with our podcast. Like we take yeah. really uncomfortable topics and we laugh about them to make them more approachable. Now that I'm an old wise woman, do you know how many times I see? She's a crone. I'm a crone. <laughs> not yet. I still get my period. For the record, I'm not a crone <laughs> yet. Oh my um, gosh! I can't wait for that ceremony. I'm not rushing it, but it's gonna be so beautiful. We have so many ceremonies still to do for you. I don't even want to. It'll hear just it. be like it'll just be a big old ceremony a mass ceremony that yeah. sounds like a cult <laughs> <laughs> alice will be all about it <laughs> um i see like our nieces and nephews and everybody posting their like beautiful pregnancy pictures and i'm like oh my god look at that happy beautiful couple oh man that sucks like i just feel so bad for them because i know what's coming and so i want to be that person that's like hey you guys go to a counselor hey you guys <laughs> yeah. get a therapist the real quick using for the photographer put right it into a counselor. <laughs> put it into a counselor but it's like you know you need to know what's coming 
Yeah. When you like are pregnant, said, you can only prepare so much, but there are some things you can do. There are some things you can do because like we said, we're not, um, we are not uplifting any kind of gender role, any kind of norm. We're just saying that seems to be the norm and the most typical expectation. And then the one that seems to go crazy is the nursing parent. Yes. You know, well, and I think that there's a lot to be said too, for the way that we communicate about it, because um, just knowing what I know about partners and I'm going to say men, because um, that's the partners that I have had. Um, but it's very easy for us to go come across as like very blamey. And I feel like, and that is totally understandable, but I also feel like, um, partners tend to feel like they're being attacked mm-hmm. when we do that. It's like the most vulnerable relationship to feel like yes. most self-defensive in. And when they feel attacked, um, regardless of how real or valid, valid your, what you're saying is, they don't hear it. They go into defense mode or like fight or flight. Um, and so it's like, you know, we can go back to that compliment sandwich. Like, I love you so much. And you're a good partner when you do this, instead of being like, you're a bad person when you do this. You could be like, when you do this, it makes me feel this way. Um, so finding a way to communicate what you're doing in a way that doesn't make them feel blamed attacked. and ashamed and attacked mm-hmm. so they can hear what you're saying. If anybody figures out how to do that, let me oh, know. Oh, please. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it doesn't matter like what. So it doesn't matter what gender you are or if it's a same sex marriage or or opposite sex marriage. There is always the one person that says, hey, my role is going to be more of the child provider, the child um, nurturer. And your job is going to be to be able to go out and make a living like that. Like you can't be at home and making a living. Well, since the quarantine, we all know that we can. But it's, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard. But so it's hard for the the partner that is agreed to do more of the outward work. It is an attack when they're like, but I'm doing what we agreed. I am providing you with food and shelter and I'm this is my only job. And then you're telling me that I am a failure because you feel horrible. Like that's hard to hear mm-hmm. for the person that's doing what they think. They think they're doing everything like Chuck would get so upset. Like I'm but yeah. I just worked like. Yeah. 70 hours and, this week what else can and i it's do it's so easy to make it a competition too like mm-hmm. and it's it's because it's just self-validating trying to validate your own experience yeah. by comparing it to another person and so it's like me being home with the kids is harder and you get a break when you go to work and and then the person who goes to work is like you just sit at home with the kids doing nothing and you didn't even cook dinner and the house looks like shit when i get home and so so typical everybody's experience and and you said because you've experienced them on both sides and it's really easy to I have always experience on both ends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> More than you would like. I'm just kidding. That's not happening. <laughs> I just have experience in one end. <laughs> oh, we're talking about roles. Go back. Okay. Go back. I feel like you, you made ex- Jess uncomfortable making a sexual innuendo. I feel no, like you that's didn't. Really I was just like, wait, you do have... You do have experience like, on both No, ends. you have experience on both. <laughs> top, and yeah, top and bottom. Top and bottom. I do, but but for some reason, when we switched roles, which I was like, oh my God, this is the best thing that's ever happened for our marriage. Because he would call me halfway through the day and I'd be like, how's it going? And he's like, oh my God, I'm just drinking a beer on the floor in the kitchen. Is that okay? <laughs> is that okay? Does that make me an alcoholic? And I'm like, no, you do whatever you need to do to get through at-home parenting because it sucks. Yeah. 
but, does. And then I was all stressed out because, oh my God, I only made this much money this week. How are we going to pay for everything? So I was like, this is great. He's appreciating what I used to do. I'm appreciating what he used to do. But then one night he made the horrible mistake of saying, well, it's still, it was still easier for you when you were home with them because you could just put a boob in their mouth. And I'm like, oh my God, now I hate you again. Like, <laughs> I had all four of them Not all the time. Right. will be put on this And they post. were of nursing age and my right. body was literally providing it sustenance. It was literally a factory. So like you said, it was just always a competition. We were both constantly yeah. like, well, you're going to work. And when you sit to eat dinner or when you sit to eat lunch you are alone mm-hmm. like the trick is to remove ego from it and that's something as humanity we have not impossible learned how to do yet. not when you so, are not sleeping yeah and when you, you have just triggered me yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and when you have oh my God. when you have another human being sucking on part of your body every one to three hours mm-hmm. like you cannot possibly see most men wish they had another human being sucking on part of their body every one to three hours until it and happens and then they knew and then it becomes a chore, <laughs> a chore. hello hello blisters hello chaps skin there's just no winning here (laughs) anyway this is all normal everything i'm saying is so common yeah and so hey prepare for it (laughs) just get prepared be prepared do we necessarily know what that looks like no do we recommend counseling yes yes we do do we recommend having friends like us that we can talk to and vent with yes (laughs) or have them listen to this podcast so before we go into our amazing birth story of the week week, perhaps we can offer a few words of i don't know suggestion well considering i a couple haven't tips. figured it out yet i don't know if i can be giving many suggestions well and i don't i think the suggestions need to be to both partners both yeah. the one that is agreed i'm gonna stay home for this amount of time or i'm gonna nurse because nursing mm-hmm. is a commitment oh my gosh i was sitting at the football game this past weekend and i looked over and the woman next to me was nursing and i was like oh you're nursing that's good for you and she goes i'm exhausted and I yeah. was like, oh, I hear you. She goes, no, literally, I have not done a thing in three months. And I'm like, girl, you I have, hear though. that. I know. And then she goes, literally, I could nurse this baby, hand him to my husband. And then in five seconds, he's like, here, take him back. He needs to eat. I can't even go to the store. And I'm like, oh, my God. I'm just all the emotions are coming back up. Like, I'm doing an episode about this in a couple of days. <laughs> I remember <laughs> that. I remember walking around Food Line for 15 minutes with a cup of coffee like this is brilliant <laughs> just like staring at like yes the, the world is so big and bright or sometimes i just would hold my both of my hands up in the air and go i got nothing i got nothing in my hands <laughs> the first time i took a vacation without my kids i like pulled away from the house and i rolled down the windows and i stuck my hand out the window so i was just like <laughs> because it is so I, think I feel like we still had that moment like a couple years ago when i got both of you guys down to qx <laughs> so we just talked on the fl- plane and we're like oh my god this is what normal conversation this feels is like magic go that's before i freaked out <laughs> yeah the the fl- the flight was great yes <laughs> yeah but i want to say like um that is the first it's not just the partner that is leaving the house that needs suggestions mm-hmm. like you need to know that your commitment like even if you're bottle feeding like if you're the one that's committed to staying home that shit is for real mm-hmm. there's a lot of steps to every process of yes. feeding a child like it's the hardest job you'll ever have but you have to remember that if you have agreed to it, you should be able to verbalize what you need from your partner. Mm-hmm. But also you, you can't expect them to just know that you secretly want them to also fulfill the role of what yeah. you're doing. So that's like you communication. To, and I, I know women especially have a hard time asking for help and yes. to say what they 
would help them what they would need. And then sometimes even if they think they need it, they feel bad taking help. So it's like being able to say what will help you and communicate about it. But I, I wanted to say like the old rule of like, if you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. So and good. even if you, there needs to be criticism, there's a way to do const- constructive, <laughs> constructive criticism and that's on both ends because sometimes we just say shitty things to each other just to say them yeah especially to your partners because they're your comfort zone Mm -hmm. your your safe Mm -hmm. space so that doesn't mean your boundaries like years ago i told chuck i was like here's here's an idea how about if i talk to you the way i talk to jess and Mm -hmm. you talk to me the way you talk to chad how do you think that would work and he was like which yes <laughs> that's it's like such a foreign concept right but he also talks to chad the same way so that really wouldn't have helped me at yeah, all he's but, chad too long. yeah <laughs> but um but yeah like you you also need to rem- remember that if you do choose to nurse which is amazing um your partner has useless nipples so yeah. expecting them to also get up with you every one to four hours is just not gonna work if they're getting up in the morning so perhaps like you're going to get up with the baby at night unless you need something. And then every time that they're home for whatever, you could take a nap or yeah. have them bring, send someone to your house. Come, up with, for somebody. come up with solutions that aren't just making both of you exhausted needlessly without actually helping a problem. And in right. no facet of a relationship, should your partner be your only source of relief or like conversation or joy? So like get some support outside of your partner because they can't do everything. They can't be everything for you. Oh my God. We just talked about that today. Like how we got so lucky that there are three of us and I would have no other friends and no marriage and no children if I could not have you guys to talk to. And Chuck's like, you can talk to me about that. And I'm like, you're out of your damn mind. <laughs> I'm just thinking that you would have no children because you would have murdered. All yes. And I hope I'm not making Chuck sound like a horrible dad no. or husband. It's just, he is very typical when it comes to like what his role should be given where he came from. Mm-hmm. Um, the South and he's always working to actually push those boundaries. Um, so he has a lot of ideas now that he never mm-hmm. would have had yeah. 15 mm-hmm. or 20 years yeah. ago, but we didn't start communicating until just mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. So I'm like, I can't believe I waited this long for us to start communicating. This is stupid. I, know. I feel mm-hmm. like that's the answer is communication, communication, that's such like a simple and complex resolution. Yeah. So I think for me, the, the, the number one thing I want to push for partners to do, if you are not the nursing slash childcare provider is if you every single day, and I know this sounds stupid and relentless and pointless, but if every single day you said, wow, you're amazing for what you're doing. And I appreciate it. Just hearing that, mm-hmm. you know, when, when you got something latched onto your body and you literally sometimes just want to throw them out the window because it's just so exhausting. And then for someone to go, wow, look at you, look what you're doing. Look at your commitment. Don't say, say, I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Like I praise what you're doing. But if you look at them and say, you know, it's your own fault. If you just bottle feed, that wouldn't be an issue. That literally, that's like saying, calm down to someone having a panic attack. Doesn't work. It doesn't work. It's the opposite. Actually. It's the opposite. So, Basically, I don't know if you got anything out of this. Other I don't know than if we got anything that, out of this. Um, You're normal. It's, it's very common. <laughs> and relationships uh, get strained in the process of childbearing. And yeah. And if you guys have something or, you know, if you are one of the partners that we are not, if you're one of the ones that are going out and coming home and you have something you would like to say, like, you know, actually you forgot about this and it's important. Feel free to let us know. Yes. Or if you found things that work for you, like a solution based 
comment also that would be great yes so show so it's time for us to go to our birth story of the week and i was not at this birth so i'm gonna sit here quietly and just enjoy this like I a vacation was barely we both were barely there <laughs> right. so this lady um i was really worried she's gonna have her baby our wedding weekend because we all three were off call so we had a backup midwife so that was like kim was laughing at me one person did have their baby your wedding weekend dancing and hanging out at my wedding weekend and i kept just being like i wonder what jackie's doing oh yeah, you can Sorry. say her name. Oh, I can say her name. Okay. Mm-hmm. I wonder what Jackie's doing right now. She's like, damn it. Yeah. Stop thinking about it. Because now like, I'm thinking about it. I, and now we're going to talk about it. No. Well, but you was, sat like, down. Terrified she was in labor and you guys knew and you just weren't telling me. No, she. you sat down like kind of across the way from me with your family. And I heard you like, oh, we have this lovely mom. And I'm really hoping she doesn't go. And then you just started talking about her. I was like, Meredith. <laughs> Anyway, so she didn't, though. Literally, I had like my little mini moon vacation thing. And then she her water broke the night after I got back. Yep. So that was magic. She literally waited for you. Thank you, baby Atlas. Um, Adorable. So her last labor was really fast. So we kind of thought this would be the same. And so she actually called. She didn't. She called you. Not me, because you're at her last no, super. Or she texted, she but texted I don't wake up to text, but yeah. you do. So I do not, but I did for some weird reason. Yeah. So her water broke, and the glorious thing about America catching up with recommendations is now when mom's waters break, we don't have to freak out. We can just like wait until she goes into labor naturally for days, which is really nice. Because she was strep B negative. Because she was negative, yep. And so I went that Thank later. God it wasn't days, but it was a day. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> this mom would not have waited days. So I like avoided seeing her all that day because I knew if I went, she'd want to like do something. And I was like, I just really hope that she goes on her own. And I think she was hoping for the same. So I went and saw her that night and her beautiful, wonderful home that I'm pretty sure she moved in for mostly to birth in. It's an old Civil War (laughs) hospital. Yeah. It's like an old home. Amazing. Spooky. It is like it's really it's like heavy energy to walk through that home but like they've done such an amazing job redoing it, it. literally looks like home goods and hobby lobby threw up everywhere it's gorgeous it's <laughs> literally perfect i was like wait and the house is so big it's like ungodly huge and i was like wait did you go shopping to fill all of these separate little nooks and crannies and her husband goes yes before she could say anything i was it's, like geez it's so big the baby's room is literally a hallway like a transition space from one room to another because it's just so massive oh my goodness it's amazing my only request is that when you if you decide not to stay in that house and you move could i buy things first because the way she has shit set up is like it's spectacular so i could just go buy little areas <laughs> yeah it's like a free planned home yes <laughs> so anyways, like buying an ikea room so this poor mom she's like one of those moms who like blows my mind right like the most capable human on the face of the planet like raises now three children works has a house like does literally everything like she doesn't stop it's insane um and so i knew she'd have a hard time just like netflixing while we were waiting for this kid so i would get there and sure enough she's just like i haven't slept yeah i'm like so angry that this is happening because i've thought of every single situation that could possibly happen except for this but one but not this one and i was like well this is like your kid's personality coming to the fore so like we just <laughs> got to be ready for that they keep us on our toes and usually show us that we're not in control or of any of that situation listen i told her to rest 
like I don't know two weeks ago I'm like listen you just need a day of like style just relax and she goes I did I rested for like 45 minutes and then I cleaned the entire bathroom and now I feel better I'm like oh my god I think in her entire care there was one day where I caught her like watching tv but it was after like having an insane week. Was it a show about how to more deeply clean your house? <laughs> I don't know. So baby was perfect. She was perfect. She was gushing fluid. So obviously her water was broken. And so much to her dismay, I just said, I'm going to go. Goodbye. <laughs> no, Goodbye. Meredith, come back. Well, it was awesome for me, selfishly, because I'm selfish, because I had prenatals that day in Winchester at the center and I was like, oh, it's so hard to reschedule a day. I selfishly hope that I get through and then go right to her house from yeah. the center. How great would that be? Yeah. And I'm like, we're hard. Like, we're giving her a hard time. But she really did an amazing job just, like, letting go yes. as much as she could. Because it was hard. Yeah, it's so hard. And I did. As, as I was leaving, her husband, like, walked me out. And I, like, handed him my stim kit. And I was like, I'm giving this to you. But I need you to hide this. <laughs> and we're only going to use it if she's losing her shit tomorrow. Hide it in one of your 14 well-decorated <laughs> fireplaces. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we sleep the night. She texts. Uh, no. She, yeah. She texts again. But, of course, I don't wake up to it. So then she calls me at, like, 8. So she let us sleep, which was, like, really sweet. Oh, I have the times. I think she texted at five and then she called at eight. I want to say at this point that I was getting a little excited that I might have to go because Kim had another mom that was like Mm -hmm. in the other practice that was like showing signs that she was going to go. So I was like, well, if Kim gets called to the other birth first, you're going to be the assistant. I was like, okay. (laughs) We all slept and I found out about it in the morning. Well, it was funny because she was like, well, I slept until three. And then I woke up to some really strong contractions, but she slept. Yeah, she, she fell back asleep between sleeping. them. Yeah, which is magic, which is what we always want to happen. Yes, and it wasn't until 5.30 that she had to get up. She just couldn't lay there anymore. And even then, she waited until 8 to call. So when she called at 8, it seemed like it was pretty go time at that point. So she I She had just texted she, me yeah. like nothing was happening. So I just read the text. I was reading the text. I was on the phone with her to just catch up so she didn't have to catch me up. And in the phone, she was like, you know, they're like, she's like, she couldn't talk to me during them. So that was like a sign. And then in between, she was like breathing heavily and she was like obviously working and they go real, her labors go super fast. So I was like, I, even if it's like eight minutes apart, like can't like the text had said they'd been, then I think it's worth going. And then on the phone, she was like, yeah, the last two are like three minutes apart. And so within like the minute <laughs> like of texting two minutes. us. They went from eight minutes apart to like two minutes apart. So you called me and I was like, what? She, I just read the text. Well, I've been not doing a very good job at timing them, but I would say about eight minutes apart. And I'm like, oh, I'll just keep snuggling my kids until, yeah, until, until it's, it's time go time. Go. And then you called and you're like, hey, so I'm on my way. And I was like, what? For eight minutes yeah. apart? Who does that? And so... <laughs> so so, and then I'm going to tell this part. But it wasn't eight minutes apart. Funny. So, but at that point, you know, like for them to go that quickly, like, yes, things could be going, but there's a chance like it could be a while still, you know? And so I was like driving up the road and I was like, oh, I didn't really eat before I left. Like maybe I'll stop at McDonald's and eat. And I was on the phone with, and grab something. And I was on the phone with Kim because that's what we do. Cause we love each other so much. We even just like talk on our way to birth. <laughs> Because we can't wait to see each other at the birth. <laughs> and so we had this conversation because this is a repeat for Kim. So we both did her first birth together and then I missed her second. But and I so was there. the third with Kim. Yeah. And so I t- called Kim and I was like, I just wanted because normally if it's the two of us at a birth, we just kind of split roles. We don't like have really defined who's the midwife, who's the assistant. 
But I was like, you know, she's like a repeat repeat for you. Like, I think she'd really love for you to be primary. And Kim was like, yeah, I would love that. I'm totally fine with that because all the, all of her previous students have tapped out because she has a history of shoulder dystocias. And I was like, Ugh. I was like, well, let me just clarify. I actually really want to do this birth because I haven't had a dystocia in a while, and it's always good to like refresh. You know, she went, Jackie. She was gonna use your birth to refresh her skills. Who <laughs> was? What kind of person are you? It was gonna be with such love. Like it was going to refresh my skills, and then I immediately so much love talk texted Jess. Well, Meredith just wished a dystocia on us. No, I did not. It, I just said I would take advantage of an opportunity to learn, and I was like, "Well, you already said I could do it," and I got excited, so now I'm doing it, which is fine. It was perfect. <laughs> not the dystocia to be. So clear. as we're having this conversation, I'm like pulling into McDonald's. I was like, Shh. I was like, I'm gonna stop McDonald's, and the second the words are out of my mouth, I was like, that was a mistake. I'm going to turn around because I'm a verbal processor. So I just needed to like say the idea like, If you missed that birth for coffee, like <laughs> she would literally <laughs> kill me. Rob- Robert would kill me. So um, I pull up to the house and she's in her bedroom and her this. She has like probably 15 people in her house also. Like it's so big. Like you can pull that off. Um, and she just loves like her whole family's there. Like it's a whole thing. It's a party. Yeah. And so I walk into the bedroom and her and she's got like her family rubbing her back and they look at me and go like, yeah, the last one seemed a little pushy. And so I was like, okay. So I'm just like walking around the room, like listening, getting my stuff together. And like, I was like, hmm, it's like definitely very far along, but it doesn't sound pushy yet. And then all of a sudden the next one, she's just like full bore pushing. <laughs> so I like putting gloves on and I like call Kim. I'm like, hey, Kim. Like, so I was like, wait, she's either going to say slow down because you got some time or she's pushing. Yeah. And if she was pushing and the and um we both had you said you whispered it she's pushing (laughs) i was so sad for you i was like i don't want to was like damn it no so something else we talked about on the phone was because of her history of dystocia kim had said like you know i was going to talk to her about just breathing this baby down to see if maybe that could help at the end just prevent like some drama so i was like okay cool so like i hung up with kim and i said you know like kim and i were talking on the way here and she was saying it'd be really like great to breathe this baby down. So we're just going to focus on breathing. Like if you have to push, good do thing, it. do it. But like, but if don't we give it all you work on breathing. No, I didn't want that. his heart rate to go down as had happened before with Emerson and um, Holden. Yeah. So, and I honestly, she was at the point where I don't even know if she heard me. I wasn't confident she'd heard me, but I just kept like her and her family and I just kept being like, just focus on your breathing. So she pushed like for maybe two contractions. And then after that, she stopped pushing. Oh, like she was just breathing she the just baby breathed. down. Mm-hmm. But like, I was thinking, you know, let's breathe this baby down until the head's visible. And then like, obviously your body's going to take over and you're going to start pushing. Right. So I didn't think Kim was going to make it. So we're all Kim just, did not I think. did not. But she I not will tell you what, make it. I was definitely taken on the universe because I was speeding. Yeah. I mean, you got there, <laughs> I think, 15 minutes after I got there. And there was n- and no way in my mind was she going to still be pushing at 15 minutes because I mean, it's her third baby. Um, things were moving really quickly. Like the head was visible and then all of a sudden, like she was at a half crown. So, um, but she did not push again, this entire pushing, like the whole end of her labor. Like literally she crowned her baby just breathing. And it was so crazy to watch because like, 
you could see the baby moving under the pubic bone just from her breathing. Mm-hmm. So it was it was wild. Her uterus was doing all that pushing work. Yeah. And as I'm watching, I was like, there's no way there's going to be a dissociation with this because this baby is just moving mm-hmm. so beautifully. Like they crown and then they rotated. So it was clear that this was probably not going to be a dystocia. So it was like really cool to just get to watch this mom have her awesome vaginal birth that she hopefully wasn't gonna have to work as hard for because like the head was like clearly coming down under the pubic bone with no sign of like hold up or anything no sign whatsoever and like obviously that comes a little bit later but like even like as it was as the baby was crowning and then rotating it was just like so clear and then there was the mom was doing such a great job like supporting herself and labor and um (laughs) there was this really sweet moment well, it wasn't sweet for her, but it was sweet for me where um, the shoulder popped out completely just from her breathing. Oh, nice. And she goes, what's that? No. Because she had never had that before. She had never right. pushed out the yeah. shoulder without help. And I said to her, I was like, it's the shoulders. Like, your baby's here. Like, you did it. And then she, like, I don't even think she pushed at that point. I think her baby just, like, slid no, out. She breathed Aww. a whole. So I got off the exit, hit every godforsaken light that exists in her town. And then I, like, pull all the way up as far as I can. And I, like, <laughs> throw myself out of the car. And I grab gloves. And I'm, like, running. And I ran, like, into the house. And I was, like, hey, real fast through the kitchen. Because they're just, like, looking at me. <laughs> and I, like, literally, like, whoo, whoo, up the stairs. And up the other flight of stairs. And then I ran. But then I tried to slow down, like, right before I got to the bedroom. Because I didn't want to burst in. It's also, like, all wooden floors. Exactly. So it's so intense. But I, like, burst through. And I look. And I'm, like, Oh, there's no. Baby. I think you walked in like right before the crown, she, so you got to see the very end. When of the I end looked of the crown. down, because I looked, and I'm like, everyone's still videotaping with their phone. I made it, and then I look at you, and you're like giving me this little. I yeah, I gave you an elbow. Like, yeah, Ooh. like pointing, <laughs> and then I slowly crept around, and I was like, "Hey, oh my god, you're amazing!" And it was like the baby was crowning in that yeah. moment. It was so awesome. It was so great. And then you looked at me like, "Do you want to get in here?" And I was like. My eyes said, no, I don't. <laughs> and we didn't actually say it. And then I just made her do everything else afterwards. Right. I was like, I'll make that. Up. I'll make up for all the work. Did you do the laundry? I did. And the charting. And the oh. charting. By the time Online. we left, the entire chart was done. So there. But I was so selfishly happy. Yes, it would have been easier if the baby came out 10 minutes before yeah. for her. But she was like, she did mention that was the first time she actually felt the like the crowning the mm-hmm. because oh, I mean it was she wasn't a fan of it but she right. got to it wasn't easy it. by any way I mean she made it look like yeah it was yeah. so easy did she did tear so or no. oh there was she had such a nice slow oh, descent well, she was supporting not. her imprinium too like it was yeah. just amazing she, oh yeah she was supporting herself like she just naturally so reached awesome. down and was doing it I love that um but she, like, she was touching said, the head the whole time. It was it awesome. It was so amazing. Just the I didn't get to see the whole thing, but I did see the moment. Aww. And she said that was the first time she felt that burning that we talked about because the I had to work yeah. the other two out to the point where there was so it much was just going on. So There's painful no could, like, and horrible. You didn't even that. notice anything else. Yeah. But it, oh my god, it was amazing. It was so great. And then we had the most delicious breakfast. Oh. There's bacon and like sat on pancakes the porch, like the front porch of this gorgeous house picture you sent me looks so joyful oh it was also so that picture that you sent out into the world girl seriously yeah well you can't yeah. even tell there's an orange in my mouth i just look like i'm making the creep the reason for the photo is i had an orange slice in my mouth but it just looks like i'm making the creepiest face on the face of the planet brings me happiness 
but no though it was amazing and then like her kids came in and Aww. like i went and saw her for her two-day visit and they li- i don't think her daughters literally left that Aww. room when we She's were like so sweet cleaning holding he's only what two right yeah, two and a half he's a little guy and he was holding atlas and he was <laughs> singing and rocking that's it was so, so cute. cute it was so sweet it was perfect magical it was just it's the birth that everybody Aww. and she's like one of those moms that wants. tells like exactly what she wants too so i mean like i don't think she did get to verbalize what she wanted as much at the end because there was so much going on but like i just love those births where they just know what they need and they're like mm. she's yeah. like hold my legs yeah i think this baby she said out. i would have asked you for a washcloth <laughs> if i could have verbalized it but i couldn't which is hilarious because the crock pot just keeps coming up at my birth where <laughs> they're like why do you ask for a crock pot and it's yes. like well for warm compresses like well, you have to tell them to put it into the crock well, pot <laughs> i guess that's true but also like usually i have time to do that you know yeah. what i mean and so there was like this really clear moment and i was in the moment i was like why does this feel so clear to me but now it does where i was standing in the doorway of her bathroom and I was looking at her and looking at the bathroom sink. And I was like, warm compresses, washcloths, or miss this baby coming out. Like, yeah. uh, uh, <laughs> I have to pick one or the other. And so obviously I chose baby. the baby. But then after she was like, I wanted a warm washcloth. I was like, oh, <laughs> she'll listen to that Dang voice. It. and got that damn washcloth. So our other mom that's, that's due right now, well, getting close to being due, they actually met in passing here last week um, Jackie was leaving and she was coming in and yeah. they just kind of chatted for a bit so this is the kind of birth we are so excited oh, for her birth we've yeah. had some glorious births I had a glorious birth last night I can tell the story next week as our birth story of the week but so unless you have something important I to just want to do a quick shout out to yeah. a mom that recently birthed a 12 pound oh yeah four ounce baby through her, her vagina holy moly what a freaking holy rock star guacamole. like holy <laughs> giant pile of guacamole <laughs> big congratulations to you <laughs> you proved to everybody that big babies can be born amazing vaginas. so do we have anything that we want to say to sum up today's episode um birth and childbearing sometimes it's more shit than giggles but if you communicate about it yeah, it, it can, can at be least less help. shitty. <laughs> I've seen, I've seen it be less shitty. Talk about shit before you have kids. <laughs> before you do shit, it's gonna happen. Um, I think the couples where I'm like, do these couples actually exist? The ones that are like, yeah, communicating, or I ask a question and they look to their partner and then they answer together, and I'm like, okay, not everyone has that yeah. kind of communication, but. It's just so common. Everything we talked about today is almost every single couple that I talk to. So just maybe put yourself out there and say, hey, I heard somebody talking about this today and I kind of want to talk about it so that we can help each other through it and not fight about it for 18 years. Those are good words of uh, wisdom. Wisdom. Not crone wisdom. This episode, the <laughs> menstruating wisdom, older hot lady. That's so nice of you. Oh, man. Kim just died on the inside. I did. Listen, I've been calling myself old all the time lately. Um, But it really is time to end this episode. It's going very, very over. So um, for everybody out there, we love you. And thank you for listening to our episode today. And the only other thing we have to say is cheers. Cheers. Blue Solo Cup, I fill you up.